We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectacle. This is what we were trying to say. You got to walk home. Walk home. Walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to the first full episode of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And uh, gang's all here. As uh, not only do you get me, uh, but my my crew, my boys. The Silver Fox, Kevin Allen, is in the building. And if you listen to the, the local show, you know who he is. We'll tell you more about him. And, of course, the triumphant return of of uh, Biscuit. Biscuit, uh, Jordan Wade, my little brother, he actually left the show for a while, had a couple of kids, started his family. You uh, you went WNBA on me. So is this your <laughs> way of like trying to call me a woman on the side? No, like, no, you you're teasing just, me? I'm I've, just, I've dealt with, you know, 35 years of this, and I'm, now I got to <laughs> take this on the radio? I'm just saying, well, podcast. well you know, it's, it's it, the business model is there. Then you don't like built in model? built in maternity leave or in your case paternity leave. Okay. So so you went Cheryl Swoops on us some you went Lisa Leslie on us. I think we've gotten off to the wrong okay. <laughs> to the wrong start on this one already. So you can tell right now that we are not on the radio. And uh, just to give you guys a little back uh, backdrop of who we are and uh, where we come from. Uh, the show started i gave you a little bit of background about me show started uh 12 years ago locally in houston texas and uh we've decided that we wanted a more national appeal because there's an audience out there that we don't think are getting fed and entertained uh the way that uh, <laughs> or have a different perspective oh, you hear you pretty need- much the same perspective well, especially in these parts you hear a lot of the same um, perspective and so we provide something a little bit different and by the way i am a wnba fan just to get that out of okay the, who's ahead who's leading in the standings of the wnba the championship has already been determined kevin allen no kevin, no, no i'm talking to you i'm talking to devin wade who, who, the uh what's the standings in the wnba the Lynx, right the now? Lynx won a championship the, the season is over with. oh okay that was a trick question i just wanted to make yeah, sure the, you, season, the Lynx won right i have kevin, no idea yeah kevin the 36 it. people who who know or not in this building. <laughs> Kevin Kevin knows. Well, that was between you and Biscuit. Well, okay, that's, who, that's, that's, who won that's, a that's, WNBA that's, championship? A Lynx, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, you didn't you watch? No, I don't. We commented on this on, not on the show. WNBA. I'm I'm an NBA guy. Well, we'll talk some NBA, but I want to let's start. Let, I'm gonna start with you, Kevin. Tell people who who you are a little bit about your sports background. He's sort of my he started as my NBA uh, expert because of his relationships and his uh, some of his dealings uh, in and around uh, with NBA guys. Tell us who you are and what you what you've done. I'm just Kevin Allen. That's it. <laughs> so after that big buildup. That's it. Okay. No, well, way to build me up, man. You, you good. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, mean, I need I, to write you another check. No, I'm just teasing. Hey, no. I know you. Okay, when I really first started and talking to you quite a bit is when you and Kevin Granger and Kenny Smith were uh, doing the Nike Pro Summer League. Tell us about those years when you guys were doing that. Those were the glory years. I, I look back at that on, on some of the things that we accomplished uh, with the um, Nike Houston Pro City Summer League here in Houston that we ran that 
the Fondy Rec Center, the legendary Fondy Rec Center, where you you had a number of guys uh, who's who that came to play there. And uh, Kenny kind of passed the torch to myself and Kevin Granger. We took it off and, and, and we took off running, man, and had a lot of success there. Uh, we ran it for approximately 12 years. Kind of burnout got us. Uh, you know, when you go into those type of things, you want to give it everything you have. And when we... Uh, ran that summer league. It was it was a who's who. It was like an NBA All Star game. You're right, because everybody um, wanted to play. At one time, there were only four left in in the nation, in the and nation. you you guys were one of them. Yeah. Here, Chicago, what New York, and right. one other, and Atlanta, Atlanta. So so yeah, a lot of guys. Who, I mean, a lot of guys who spent a lot of uh, NBA guys spent a lot of time here anyway. Wanted to be a part of that. So you know, you have some NBA connections, and so I'm sure at some point we'll get some of your boys on as guests on the podcast, so we can talk. Uh, some NBA with those guys. You also do some tremendous work with AAU, and so you you're dealing with the players of the future as well. Yeah, so. kind of shift gears a little bit. Once we we were done with the uh, Nike Pro City deal, we we kind of touch bases with the AAU program, and we have it uh, here in Houston, the Houston Rookies, where we started a class and our first graduating class graduated in 2015, and it was a pretty much I, I think a success where I had that first class and we and I had out of the nine guys I had six are in in college five Man, are pl- five are playing and one got an academic scholarship so that was great one is at Boise State right. uh, University of Akron we have here locally at uh, St. Thomas University here in Houston right. Prairie View one in junior college and one is at the University of Missouri on an academic scholarship in the 2016 class we have five that receive scholarships to play on the next level so pretty good not bad uh, for well, a couple stuff, guys right. yeah and, and dedicated and i know you do the, the high school tournaments as well uh and that's a big deal and we'll talk about that biscuit i want you to get in and talk a little bit about what what you've done i mean you've been off the air for a while you were you were co-hosts really when we got the show started it was you and your prowess on the computer that got us going uh, and I, I told the story about on the air not on the podcast so much but um how we got started with the idea that we needed a sports talk show here but talk, talk about about your experiences you covered the nfl nba major league talk a little bit about that yeah uh, we started uh, right out of college covering the astros uh went on to cover the comets when their four p run we talked about the wnba that was exciting for a young guy like myself then went on to covered the Texans when they got here uh, was assistant sports information director here at Texas Southern uh, ran uh, was uh, editor-in-chief of tsuball.com the, the the athletic website and just went on to do different things and I don't know if you know this Kevin if you go back and look at the uh, at the documentary on the on the Houston Comets <laughs> we were in the locker room Van Chancellor you know spray champagne, uh, champagne on us so yep. yeah so we are pr- proponents of let's uh, let's start a campaign hashtag bring the comments back we can start, start that. you can go ahead and, and do that i'm i'm all right my my, my sports palette is full okay well you know i want to talk a little bit about the nfl last night the oakland raiders mm-hmm. beat the houston texans on a number of really really bad calls and it was just a weird thing, just having a game in Mexico City. You had somebody with a laser pointer, mm-hmm. which that was like, that went away in the States about 10 years ago. <laughs> so, like, some retro harassing of the players. The footing was bad. The altitude was horrible. They had, like, a 20-minute halftime portion because I guess to give those guys an opportunity to get back up to 
uh, the locker room, which they had to go a mile and a half to get to uh, up and over to get to the locker rooms. But again, bad officiating last night. Uh, what did you, you? I'll get your take first, Biscuit, and then your, your take on the game itself, uh, it being in New, in uh, Mexico City, and your take on the game, uh, the actual game on the film. I, I I didn't have a problem with it being in Mexico City simply because I mean, if you can do London, you can do you can do you know Mexico City is a hop, skip, and a jump. So that I mean, the altitude, yes, is you know like two thousand feet higher than Mile High Stadium or whatever. But when you play in those kind of conditions, you kind of get used to it. Everybody's dealing with the same conditions, so. I really didn't have a problem with that, but the officiating was horrible. There's a bunch of hilarious memes out there talking about how, you know, El Chapo had had is a Raiders fan and how, you know, all the the you know, you don't you don't snitch in Mexico, you don't tell on who's got the the uh laser pointer. Uh you know I didn't see the memes and I'm usually pretty good because I'm on Twitter, but yeah, I didn't see the memes. I have actually made some memes on Twitter on way at Wade's word. I think, you know, Bill O'Brien, I think for his part, cost the team by not challenging on third down. For sure. I also thought that they should have taken a field goal and late in that game and then yeah. not punt. I, I yeah, thought you don't that, punt with three minutes left. You only got one timeout left. You don't That was you, the issue that you had one timeout. Right. And you don't point in that situation. Your your defense is getting gassed because of the altitude. I mean they played great the first three quarters, but you don't want to take anything for granted. You do take the points. You don't leave points on the board, especially when you're on the road. You, you, I mean, it, you, and it was you, a, yeah, and it was a Raiders home game, but we were close to we here in Houston and were closer to Mexico right, City, than, right? But it is, I mean, it was their home game. They they did have a lot of fans there. They were you know big Oakland Raiders kind of area. You you can't make those type of mistakes and expect to win the game. Your your team played so hard. Defense played so well. Brock Osweiler actually, you know, he actually looked like a credible NFL quarterback last night for the first time. For the first time this entire season, he looked like a decent quarterback. He looked like Brian Hoyer, which is awesome, you know, for what we need. (laughs) Uh, I want to get to Kevin because, you know, the Texans really did outplay Oakland. They really did. And I'm not, uh, you know, being here in Houston, you would think that I'm automatically a Texans fan. But if you know the history of Houston football, this organization is run a lot different from the Oilers. Now, some people say that's good. Some people that say that's bad. But the the Oilers that I remember, the Love Your Blue Oilers, went to the AFC Championship. Uh, the other Oilers went, uh, the run and shoot Oilers went seven to the playoffs seven years in a row. Uh, but I say that to say that they really did play well. And one guy that's been a lightning rod of conversation on our airwaves, and I'm sure that'll continue here, his uh, Jadavion Clowney. Kevin, you have a nickname for him. Tell him your nickname. You're a guy, Little Mario. Little Mario after Mario Williams, but uh, who actually, you know, contrary to what people say, he, he where he was drafted, he was a bust for Houston. He's he's a good NFL player, but for what he did for the city of Houston, we needed him to be J.J. Watt, not Mario Williams. Uh, but I say, I say all that to say, J.D. Clowney, Clowney played well. That defense played really good last night for for the most part. They had problems matching up with running backs. Linebacks couldn't match up uh, with the running backs. But what did you, what did you think of the game last night? Uh, I, I thought it was a great game. I mean, um, I'm, I'm with Biscuit, Brian Hoy at best. So <laughs> <laughs> $150 million or whatever you paid this guy 
I mean, you should get a lot more out of him. But I think they got a few bad calls. They got shafted a little bit. But, you know, that's part of the game, you know, kind of left. I think some bad play calling by O'Brien and things like that, that kind of hurt those guys. So they're in a dogfight now. And I think the Mexico City game also hurts the Texans as they come home to play San Diego. You know, a short week, you have to come back from Mexico City. They probably didn't get home until this you got morning. five days, though, Devin. Yeah, I mean, I, you do. But, again, the NFL body is – I mean, look at the difference between the, the – the, when you play from Sunday to Thursday. You do get an extra day. But, again, I think this was an unusual trip on, on a lot of levels when you factor in the altitude. But it brings to, to mind a, a larger question – the NFL ratings are down this season, and a lot of people point to a lot of reasons. The the social protests by Colin Kaepernick and a couple of other players, a number of other players uh, around the NFL. What do you what's your what do you think is the reason why ratings are down? Because I don't think it's that, but what? I think you had this problem in the early, in the mid nineties in the NBA. You don't your major stars, your your guys, your marquee guys have retired. Peyton Manning, who's a marquee guy, retired. The Tom Brady was out the first four games. Aaron Rodgers, his team isn't playing well. Russell Wilson was hurt. I mean, these things kind of uh, kind of factor into the, and then you add in Thursday night football, which you have football almost every day of the week. So. If you miss a game, there's no urgency because okay, you know, th- there's you, another game coming up on Thursday. There's another cup game coming up on Monday, and the matchups haven't Sunday been game, and right. the Sunday night game and and the matchups haven't been great, especially in prime time. So I think when when, you, when they're, now they're getting into December where they can kind of start changing the, the schedule where they can match up the teams who who are doing well. But I think it's 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 that kind of I think they're kind of getting overexposed a little bit, oversaturation. I, I think that has a lot to do with us. I think. For a large part of the season, the presidential election here in the United States has really been dominant. Think about this: a couple of the couple of the debates went up against primetime football and decimated primetime football. Uh, so that was an, the, uh, an issue as well. Uh, but I think you you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the teams that you expect to be doing well aren't doing well. Uh, now the Cowboys have made a resurgence, and that that's good, but it's sort of coming out of nowhere. I think even for what Dak has done, I think everybody has sort of gradually been like, wait and see, wait and see. Nobody thought. Nobody, you included. Uh, you, the uh, Malcolm X didn't think that Dak Prescott would have this kind of season. I, I wanted the Texans to draft him. I think and it was a good value in the third. I think third or fourth round. He's a, he's a, he's a four year guy. I mean, and he's always but he's been, know, consist- he's been consistent. He's athletic. He can throw the football. I mean, I'm not a cowboy guy, but I'm like Biscuit. This guy can play. And now, if you look at it, what Dak does, he extends the play because he doesn't have to run. But by getting some movement, it buys him two or three more seconds, which is good in football. So this guy, I I think it's like that, and and it's something that the Texans – and, uh, and we stated on, on the radio show is that they keep missing. If you want to talk about the, the Houston team, yeah, they keep missing. But if it comes down to it, who are you going to give rookie of the year to, Dak or Elliott? Because to me, it's still going to be Elliott. Yeah, I mean, of course it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, he's leading the league in rushing as a rookie. That's that's amazing. I mean, you can't give it to anybody else. I mean, they really do look like the Cowboys of the 90s. You have a number 88. You got 21 instead of 22 and four instead of eight. You, you got all the pieces. You got a capable defense that 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 tries really hard. You you have all the pieces in place if, to make it to the Super Bowl and win Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowls. 
uh, if these guys stay healthy and, and don't get injured. I, I don't think they'll make it this year because of the lack of experience. But the next two or three years, I think the, the Dallas Cowboys will be in well, the Super Bowl. They're set for success. And, and now you look, uh, it looks like Tony Romo, I mean, he will want to be somewhere else. I, I would imagine they would accommodate him during the offseason to find him a different landing place. Let's talk about the other team, the team that I still think really has thought, started to emerge, and they're the favorite to me in the NFC, and that's Seattle. Seattle goes to New England with a big win. And all of a sudden, you're starting to see Russell Wilson get healthy. He's starting to move the ball around a little bit more, uh, move around a little bit more, move, and, and find a way. They finally found a running game. Uh, you know, obviously they still miss Marshawn Lynch, and and Rawls is just getting back playing. So, uh, you know, I think Seattle to me is the dominant team in the NFC. What what are your thoughts, Kevin, on on that? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb, and you know I like these guys. I think the the sleeper team you got to really look at is the Redskins. Oh, that's your team. No, 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 not because of that. You 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 look at it. First game that they play the Cowboys, they give that game. They away. have them coming up they, in a couple of days. In a few days. They played terrible against Cincinnati. You take those two games and flip-flop it, they're right there. Seattle to me still they still haven't hit that mark. Yeah, they beat the Patriots, but they to me they're not there yet. They're starting to play better defensively. They had some problems in the in the defensive secondary. Bennett has been out the a Houston product, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh he's been out banged up with injuries. So they can even get they'll get even better if he's able to return. Now, if you look at the Redskins, you think about it. You have Vernon Davis who isn't bad. You right. have Reed, probably one of the best tight ends in football. You still have Crowder who's playing well and Deshaun Jackson who's still a threat. So you Garcon got, had a big Garcon, game. You got five guys right there that are not bad and the running game is coming along and that defense is not bad. I cannot buy into Kirk Cousins. I'm I'm still not a Kirk Cousins guy. I just and I I have a friend of ours, friend of the show, friend of of mine, who is a expert of, uh, and I won't mention who he is, but he's an expert. And he came into the season saying he was as excited about this team as any. And I think a lot of that is probably the DC, you know, euphoria and and myopic uh, way of viewing their team. But I think the Giants can still be a team. If they can get out of their own way and if they let about- Odell Beckham be Odell Beckham Jr. and let him just just you know, and that's another problem we talked about the NFL and why the ratings are down. It's the no fun league. He can, you know, let him have his marriage proposal with the with the with the field goal net. Let him make out with the field goal net. Let let uh the the receiver for for the Steelers let him do his nasty dance. You know, let, let these guys be free and express themselves. Y'all mess with me all the time about me enjoying soccer. Man, the soccer teams once they score a goal. They freak out. They go crazy. I mean, and the fans love it. Yeah, no, that's like once a game, like <laughs> once for an entire game. That's not true. If I it, don't want to get into the soccer thing because at some point, I think we will talk about Jurgen Klinsmann getting fired. Woo-hoo, oh no, but, no, we're not talking about. All right, that. but that's fine. But Bruce Arena is coming back. If you just so I know the I know, but let's not talk about. It. Let's stay on the took NFL. Him, took him to the quarterfinal. Took us, the United States. To the quarterfinals, yeah, World Cup. But back to the NFL. I think I think Seattle is is, is primed to, to, to make a run. They're they're looking good. They're playing right. They're getting hot at the right time. Jimmy Graham is is playing awesome. Uh, so I think once you have that great receiver, I mean, I know he's a tight end, but he plays like a receiver. Once you have that relationship, once you give Russell Wilson some weapons, he's starting to feel better. He's starting to look better. He's starting to control the ball better. Once you start to control the ball, you keep that defense fresh. You you keep those guys who are, especially that secondary, is is, is awesome. You give those guys more time to rest. They're more energized and can make more plays. 
Well, I want to go over to the AFC, and let's go ahead. I'll start with you, Kevin, uh, with uh, New England. I think New England is the beneficiary of a really, really soft schedule. Again, that division. There you go. I mean, I'm just saying the division is the division. I just – I think it's going to get tough What are they going to deflate now in your eyes? I mean, we'll see. I mean, they'll find a way to cheat now. They, they, they can do that. Uh, your thoughts on the Patriots? Well, the AFC as a whole, who, who you, I mean, what do you like? It? Patriots. They'll be in Houston yeah. in February. I keep wanting to believe in Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's defense is not what it was. Uh, that that entire division, Cincinnati, just I, if you don't watch it, Marv Lewis may be out in Cincinnati. I don't well, think he, can he make should. The playoffs, be. He, he won't go anywhere. He's not going to make not. the playoffs because they, they, you know, again they just lost Sunday. So it, and then now you got AJ Green out, Gio Bernard out for the year. Uh, it's a train wreck over in the AFC. It it so, is. So you know it it can flip flop and you know it's got what like seven eight weeks left. So anything I don't, can happen. Yeah, and, and let me ask you about the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, I mean, they they they, they struggled to run the ball against the Texans. I think that's going to be the first time right. they've generally been running the ball. With. Right, uh, you had some, a lot of drops uh, by by their receivers. Uh, their offensive line did really well. The Texans didn't have hardly any pass rush whatsoever. They looked really good. The defense looked uh, manageable. But I mean, I don't, again, Derek Carr, who, who again has ties to this area. I don't think this is the year that they're ready. I, I I think Cooper needs some more development. Saw receivers drop the ball a lot last night. The team I like in the AFC that nobody talks about, Kansas City, is going to be a hard team to beat. Yeah, and they they came here and lost to the Texans. So I mean, that tells you That's how game one, though, uh, game two, I thought. But you're going to have those type of games you're going to have that th- th- those type of seasons but i i think the the team to watch in the AFC is definitely the patriots i mean you 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 can't get past the patriots so you you can i mean they're they're the cream of the crop I and mean, yes their their schedule i mean buffalo isn't bad the jets aren't bad miami isn't bad that division isn't horrible well the jets are bad the, i mean they can't get any quarterback play at all They've gone early in the in season. They look good. They had some injuries. I mean, then Patrick has looked horrible from the beginning. So, well, I mean, I mean that's just a six touchdown game. He had he doesn't look horrible from the beginning. He's at since that game, he's looked bad. But again, I mean, they've had some injuries. They that, that division is not. I mean, the AFC South is not the the, huh. the AFC North. The AFC North is horrible. The Ravens are horrible. Cincinnati's playing. Well, horribly. now Ravens it's will been, be fine. Ra- Ravens will be okay. Uh, I, I, well, I, nothing it, impresses me by the by, about the Ravens. But I, I say this on a larger scale, and, and let me and I go back to Kevin on this. Do you think parity is hurting the NFL because there no there, there's only one or two dominant teams? I mean, do you do you feel like parity is really? Because I think okay, I don't think that it's always good to have like the NBA, and we're gonna shift gears and talk about the NBA. But I don't think it's good for the NFL. Uh, when there's just one good team or two good teams. I think you have to have like three or four teams around the NFL that have to be elite teams, and we don't really have that this year. I mean, everybody looked forward to Seattle last year uh, and what they would do, you know, would they go ahead and go back to the Super Bowl. On the AFC side, it was Denver versus New England. Everybody circled that game to say, okay, Who's going to be the most dominant team out of those two? This year, it just seems like everybody's... Um, well, you got to circle that Thanksgiving game. What, are you talking about Dallas and Washington? That's it. You got to circle. That's one that you got to pencil in. Now, when you look on the other side in the AFC, it, it's New England and then everybody else. But when you go on the NFC side, you have a number of teams over there. You have Seattle, you have Dallas, you have the Giants, you have Washington. They're all good right there on that side. Everybody was picking Carolina, but they faded. You know, faded off early, but you know, with those guys, it's 
that yeah, that Carolina. I think the I think the failure by the Carolina Panthers to be good this year really hurt the league a little bit as well. When you think about Cam Newton being Mister Everything last year, being a lightning rod for controversy, good or bad, being a lightning rod for controversy coming into this year. You thought, okay, yeah, this is gonna be his year, and then you come out and they lay a big egg. You lose Josh Norman, but you lose a lot of other defensive guys as well. I think they lose six or seven or eight guys that were major contributors on the defensive side of the football for Carolina. Luke Keekley has been out. Yeah, he got hurt the other night. Well, yeah, yeah. but he was out before that uh, with with some concussions. I mean, the NFC and like covering, I mean, having the shield on your your shoulders coming into the season, as Cam Newton did, is a tough thing. Tom Brady's been able to do it. Peyton Manning has been able to do it. You have to be able to do, you have to be able to carry your team and and he hasn't been able to live up to to what he did last year. You know, they talk about the hangover from the Super Bowl, from being the Super Bowl loser, that's always an issue. But you, this you, is just a bad football team, right? It, now. it is, and I, but I think parity is, is a good thing because you look at it. I think it would help increase the ratings for, especially. Okay, so if everybody's five and five, that means everybody's team is still. But in who the mix. are you excited about? Because if it look being here in Houston, this team is what six and four now. Six and four. Are you excited about them? I don't think anybody that is in a city. Rooting for a team that's around 500 is excited about their team. Yeah, they may be okay. Like here, you're excited. Well, you're not excited about it, but the 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 possibility, the real possibility, exists of them going to the playoffs again, and right. so you get that second season. But does anybody believe that they're going to the Super Bowl? Well, did anybody believe that the Giants were going to go to the Super Bowl when they when they barely eked into the playoffs? But I'm what I'm saying is when you have parity, nothing excites. You. I mean that that's not. I don't believe that this team has. But if a chance. you have parity, then you have you have matchups that that could go either way every game. Yeah, but again, you had a big horse like that in in, in New England. And like I said, the Texans hadn't played. Last night was the first night they played well against a really good team. I mean, True. the rest of the season they have. So from that standpoint, uh, we're going to do a number of features. want to remind you guys, you tuned in to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. You can tweet me at Wade's Word, and you can tweet Kevin at? You can tweet me at, at Allen, Allen Ron 10. That's at Allen, Allen Ron 10. And if you want to get in touch with Biscuit, I don't know what you may mail him a letter because. See me a Raven. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't do social media. We'll get him on, on board with that. Hey, man, the government ain't going to reread my emails, man. He ain't go. deleting my emails, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Don't you'll scare people. <laughs> going to uh, take a break for one of our segments. It's the two-minute mix. That's why I, I'm going to be – we're going to be the first show – with our own DJ. Are you dancing? I'll, I'll dance. And when we go Facebook you Live. You dancing with the stars. Now, I will. But when I do Facebook Live, I definitely will get into it. So in lieu of a commercial break, it's the two-minute mix. It's the halftime show of, of the, the podcast. Uh, we have a number of features coming up. He got game. Not tonight. But he have he has game. He got game. and uh, That just came on Netflix, by the way. Sports E, Sports Entertainment, we'll have that with Bria Atkins. And we'll have some other fun features uh, throughout Behind the Curtain. You want to tell them about that one? Yeah, Behind the Curtain, where we talk to different mem- uh, members of the media who frame their teams and bring you their teams and, and present their teams. So you get to see uh, Behind the Curtain, what, what they do and what goes into to the media side of, of football or any sport, actually. Well, with that, going to take a brief break with, for the two-minute mix. Come back. With part two of the podcast, we'll talk NBA. We'll talk other things as well. We'll talk to Devin Wade.
So I gotta let the song cry uh, Can't see it coming down my eyes So I gotta make the song cry I can't see it coming down my eyes So I gotta make the song cry, cry. Front row where they know they oughta Closest they know they wanna Christening is listening until they go beyond them Gold bottles, couple of y'all should know the order Whole bottles, I'm covering y'all in holy water <laughs> Now catch that if you can, like a spirit head Hands on your forehead, I'll make you disappear You know how we get, corner store reaching All in all, we is the all in all deepest Call it how we see shit. Vision is a dub for the love, our strong arms DJ perform like Lee, either all whether spike or mic, bet your life, uh-huh. For all my wire fans and aficionados, still repping like a new epic dropping the mall. <laughs> Overseeing the services where they put you, <laughs> and I'm the deacon of it all, Melvin Little. When I'm down, <laughs> I get up, cause I've been down enough, spitting life through the playback. If you ain't heard a word, then you're lost in the words all false, but I shouldn't have to say that. Should I be saying women money made back? It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Shifting gears here just a little bit. Want to remind you guys, you can hit us up on iTunes at uh, subscribe to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. And also, in addition to that, the um, um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud is the way we do it. I um, want to ask you about Charlie Strong, University of Texas, and uh, something just sort of dear to my heart. I want the U of H. I'm a native Houstonian, and again, I, we, we, we'll talk about teams and, and situations from all over the country, but I want Tom Herman to stay at the University of Houston. I don't know that that's going to happen. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen, although I had hope today. Tillman Fertitta came out today and said, look, money will he will not leave because of money. We can get into a bidding war. We want Tom Herman here. Now, if he just wants to leave, he can leave, but he won't be because of money. Then God went on to Twitter, and I said, I said, Tillman Fertitta is my favorite person this week, and I'm going to Vic and Anthony's to start and help to help pay for Tom Herman uh, one steak dinner at a time. And so he actually liked that. So Tillman Fertitta liked my, liked my tweet this morning. Uh, but I'm serious about that. And the reason why it's, it's news is because Charlie Strong is going to be out of Texas. And I saw some people on Twitter saying, oh, he never had a chance. And, oh, they, didn't, they did his brother wrong. And the brother never had a chance. Man, look, I'm I'm sorry. You cannot lose to Kansas. I, I don't care what you have to say uh, about that. But you cannot lose to Kansas. And, yeah, I was all for letting him have another year, but you can't lose to Kansas. Not, not University of Texas cannot lose to Kansas. I understand that, and I agree. See, you have to go back to the very beginning. When he first came, when he took over for Mac Brown, he had to set a tone. What does that mean? He had to let go, like, a crazy amount of players. Which I thought was not good. I understand. But, I, you, <laughs> Kevin, I know Kevin has a take on that. Kevin, go ahead, chime in. I know you have a take on that. I said the same thing, Devin. When he came in and took over for Mac Brown, I think the way that he came in, in and cleaned house, I didn't think that was a good look. You may want to get one or two of them out here or there, but when he came in, I thought his name was Charlie Strong Arm because he was <laughs> strong arm and everything. I mean, he, he wiped it out, and then you, you took a hit for the next two years. And then that third year, this year, 
You got They're some young. of your guys in. Yeah, you're young, but you can't lose to Kansas, man. You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, you can't, okay? Yes, but these guys, I mean, Oklahoma State, I mean, Iowa State just just beat, uh, who did they just beat? I don't know. They scored 66 <laughs> points against somebody. I can't, another Texas team. Charlie Strong came in clean house, right? You, Devin, you always talk about you got to let them get to where where the the freshmen become seniors. That's how you know whether or not you, you, the coach is is doing a good job. They come out, they beat Notre Dame. They have a young team, so they're not consistent. That's what happens when you have a young team. You don't have the depth because you because you you wiped out a, a whole recruiting class. You don't have the depth. So if you have any injuries, which they had, especially in the running back, uh, especially with their running backs, which was the focal point of their offense, once you have those injuries, you're going to lose games because you don't have the maturity. You don't have the guy stepping up. You don't have the depth. You saw the same thing with U of H. They got good players. They got great starters. But once those guys start getting hurt, that's how, they, that's how you lose to a Navy. That's how you lose to an SMU that you're not supposed to lose to. These things happen. Now they have a quarterback, Shane Bouchelle. They have they have a nice running back. They, they're struggling on the defensive side, but they still have they – have But a, he's a defensive coach. I understand, I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. But, but w- w- I mean, you got to do something. You, you got to start somewhere. So, uh, let me summarize what he just said. They lost to Kansas. He has to go. I mean, it's just he has to go. It's, I mean, and I don't think it's an unfair shake. He has a ten million dollar buyout. Uh, I think that he can go somewhere else and land on his feet. But I th- go back to what Kevin said. I think Kevin was exactly right. You have to make a statement with one or two of them, but then you have to kind of massage. They hired him to change the culture. They hired him to okay. be. They the hired him arm. to win, and 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 he's changed the culture. You think he's going to keep his job? Uh, he has certainly changed the culture, and the kids love him. So he's done what he set out to do, change the culture, but he's not winning. I think if he had the next year, they're going to be in the top ten. Well, they're going it to might be the season with, in the top ten. It might be with Coach Tom Herman doing it. I, <laughs> it will probably. If I was Coach Tom Herman, I wouldn't go to U of A. I mean, I wouldn't go to Texas. I wouldn't go to Texas. I wouldn't I, go to LSU. I would go to LSU. Uh, other than staying at U of H, I would say, probably stay at U of H, especially if they're going to match in any money that I get. Because if you look at it, if you go nine and two. Everybody's gonna love you. You're not gonna make it into a New Year's Bowl, maybe not. But everybody's gonna love you. Everybody's gonna they're gonna keep coming. Everybody's gonna think you the the bee's knees, right? You you go nine and two at, at Texas. You go nine and two at LSU. You go nine and three. I mean at Texas and M. I mean these teams they don't play like that's this is life. They don't. <laughs> they, I mean really they bleed. These but beyond guys, that, I, and I think that's right. And so if it, it comes down to what kind of lifestyle he wants, I, I think you're exactly right. But I also think that he can win championships. He can. But, At U of H, you only have to win two games a year. But two, two, two big. Ma- no, but two, the problem is going to be getting those big teams to schedule you on their on their schedule. I mean, look, as long as they're not in the area, they will. The, the ACC will schedule you. The SEC East will schedule you. As long as they're not in the Houston, as long as they're not recruiting in this area, you can go and play against some Pac-12 teams. You you can have teams that you you can find teams that are going to need in the uh, big in the Power Five. Right. Yeah. But I, I think it's just the, the opposite. I think teams want to come in here and play where they can say, hey, 
Uh, we want some kids out of this area. Not teams that are already here, because you don't want to bring those recruits to the game, and and you're recruiting uh, kids out of Houston, and, and you know, say say Texas comes and plays U of H, they're recruiting. Yeah, kids they won't. Out of that Houston. won't happen because uh, of politics. Okay. Oh, any any. Okay, take take uh, Kansas or now Kansas is a bad example. Uh, take South Carolina, or some team like that that's already you know kind of recruiting this area. They don't want to have their recruits come to the game and watch a team that's in their area that's recruiting them as well beat them. That's just it. Just doesn't make sense. That'll be the deal that if he can schedule those 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 two or three tough non-conference games to, against Power Five teams, and you run the table, not a, that means you have you have to win everything in your conference every year. You have to do like Florida State used to do. You know, used to dominate their conference every year, uh, or like a Boise State or Miami, or even TCU before they got back into the Big Twelve right. were able to do. Let me get your thoughts on on. Well, let me let me chime in on that real quick. I think Tom Herman would be a great fit at Texas, and the reason being, when you're at Texas, Texas is probably the only school in the in the country that has an unlimited budget. So when they lay it out, they lay it out. You can get these top recruits. I think this guy's an offensive mind that can coach. You got to score points. And, they, and that's been kids, the most disappointing thing about Texas. Period is the development score. of their offense, and right. that's been even. You know, during the Mac Brown era, after after uh, after, after Vinny, yeah, and, Cope and, had his success, but but generally just disappointing. And if you get this guy in there and they start putting up some points, you're gonna want you're gonna have some kids that want to come here. Now, when you, you when you talk about these, he if he's there, then he can battle like the Alabamas and the. LSU's as far as getting guys here is not going to be able to they, do that. They have a major problem with he has a cap on his ceiling here on who he can right. get. Well, and he'll have to get a new offense coordinator because Major Abbott is a former a Texas ex, also was offense coordinator up there. They they ran him off. But but what happened here with this guy? If he can get there, he can get these guys. I don't want him to go. And well, no, I want we him to stay. We don't <laughs> want to, but the University Houston won't be able to match the money that Texas well, is going to get. And they can, they say can what match. They, want. The, they can match his money. What they can't match is the money that goes into the program, and that that's where you can't. But I, I don't think and that then, University of Houston is going to match the money that Texas and one of the schools is going to throw out because when you do that, they're throwing out a lot. You look at Charlie Strong's buyout, $10 million to buy him out. Right. But Run he, me off. But, 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 again, I think Tom Herman is paid higher than – a couple of coaches in the Big 12 and already. You, and don't you think that Texas is going to give him a raise? Well, and, and that's what's going to have to happen. They can get into a bidding war. Well, you're talking about a difference of about $2 million. He he, he makes 3.3. The, the the bigger coaches make about five five million right, a year. Right. So you're talking about two, $2 million a year, which, I mean, if Tillman Petita says he, he'll front, front the bill, fit the bill, then I believe him. Uh, you you talk about not being able to get kids to Houston. Well, you got Ed Oliver. He's a he's a five. Oh man, recruit. that is a beast right there. If and I still don't know what he hurt his knee. I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on. I don't the know extent if he, of his injury. Yeah. Well, he's gonna. He's the kind of kid that can bring other kids, especially on that defensive line. But when you but when you look at that, Devin, that you, you these kids want to play in this this top four that they have now. University of Houston won't but, play. But, but let's say this: if say let's say you don't lose to Navy. Your, your biggest game on the schedule after you beat Oklahoma was Louisville, but, and you got upended by Navy and SMU. Say you win those two games, and 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 or just say you lose the Navy game. They still were number 15, and you come back and beat the number six team in the country, or number five team in the country in Louisville, then all of a sudden you are in the hunt. You're but, in the conversation. But the, but, the, but the thing about that is when you're at University of Houston as opposed to one of these schools, you have no room for error. 
Well, so and, and we're, that's, that's God, the, we're yeah. talking about if, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You but how much room for error do you have in the competition? Is that much tougher uh, in the Big 12? Uh, but but when you're looking at these top four right now, Clemson haven't played well. They're still in the top four. Right. You know, Michigan is still there. Well, that's know, a, you know, so that's a Big Ten bias this year, so too. So when you look at Texas, they're one of those big schools. And if you start winning, you have room for error. You want to play and get that kind of money. University of Houston won't be in a bowl game to win, get that kind of money. Well, not this year. I mean, and, and that's what, that's where the second loss hurts you. Because if the second was, loss is what hurt them, because you could have been in, 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 you wouldn't have made the playoff, but you could have been in one of the BCS bowl. I mean, well, the one, New Year's Day, Day bowls, bowls where right. the big money is. That's what, and and you want to get that to further your program. Uh, but when you talk about, I mean, you look at the Big Twelve. They didn't have. They had what uh, Texas A&M was in the top five. For one week, they lost. They're they're done. Right. They're, they're, they're they won the top four. One week, yeah, top four. 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 Oh, top right. four. Okay. They were number four. So they they lost. They're out. They they have two losses on the schedule. I mean, before that, uh, Baylor. I mean, no no other Big Twelve team. They were they were on the outside looking in, and, and people were complaining about about uh, Baylor. I mean, uh, Texas A&M being number four and not Louisville uh, before they lost. So I mean. The Big Twelve isn't what it used to be. They don't. They, they're going to play a conference game with only ten teams. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. A conference championship. The conference championship, right? right. Uh, the, the Big Twelve is is it, the, the Big Twelve is dying, and I thought the decision to not expand is what really was the death knell for them. I, I think in what twenty twenty five or whatever twenty twenty two, whenever they this deal expires. Uh, that'll be it for the Big Twelve, and they'll disband, and 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 that'll be a shame if that happens. And they, and it'll just go to these super conferences now, and not even the Power Five, the super conferences. Want to shift gears, uh, get on some NBA stuff. So we're into the NBA season, Kevin. I want to start with you on the NBA side. When you talk a little bit about uh, this season, are you excited about the NBA season? Not yet. Still early. After Christmas, I find myself in Biscuit. I'll ask you too. Are you excited about the season? Because I'm, I'm. It's a new structure in the NBA now. What, are you excited about? I'm excited because you got uh, the guy out of New Orleans, Davis. He's playing well. He's scoring, you know, averaging over thirty points. You got James Harden playing well. You got Russell Westbrook playing well. You got uh, Toronto, DeMar DeRozan playing well. These guys are are, are are killing it. I mean, you look at James Harden. He's got like six six double doubles. And mm-hmm. averaging almost, uh, you know, 10 assists a game. I mean, these guys are, are, are playing some ball. This proves my point, Kevin. It's a new structure. It's a new power structure uh, in the NBA. And that, okay, so you have the the, the teams that really, it, they're going to the finals. Cleveland and, and, and th- this is me talking now. Cleveland and Golden State are going to the finals. But then you have this dynamic where under them, you have all of these individual stars in their little parts of the country doing work, whether it's Davis, whether it's Harden. We're seeing a brand-new James Harden we've never seen before, and even you have to say something good about James Harden. And like you said, DeMar DeRozan. How weird is it to know you have these superstars that won't have a chance at the NBA Finals? I mean, and that's my opinion. Right now, I don't pencil Golden State in right now. Not yet. I've watched them, and they're not – to me, that they're, they're not that same Golden State team. They they've lost too much. They lost a lot of you, role you know. Players. They're they're still you know with Kevin Durant, but you lost like six guys that played some major minutes for you and contributed to make sure that this guy is there. You know, you lost Leonardo Barbosa. You lost Harrison Barnes. You lost Spates. Andrew Bogut. You lost Mark, uh, the Spades guy. You, you, you lost too much. You don't have any inside presence. So I just don't give it to them just yet. I I still like 
Greg Popovich for what he does. You know, he he plays possum and a he, little bit. Man, he finds he, guys that yeah. play right into what he likes likes to do. Because every time I look, it seems like they have a twenty five man roster. Because every time I look around, it's some somebody I don't I don't know or don't recognize as a major contributor for the San Antonio Spurs. What are your thoughts? I, I think, you know, you you talk about the pair. I think I don't I don't pencil in Golden State. I mean, because you have the Clippers playing well. Which we all kind of know how how they fall off usually in, in in toward the end of the season, but one of these years they're going to break through, and because you got uh, Chris Paul shooting lights out, which he's never done. Blake Griffin playing awesome, and San Antonio is, is San Antonio. So I mean, you can't just pencil you know pencil Golden State in because Clay Thompson he's getting emotional because he ain't getting his shots. I think that's a little bit overstated. I don't know that that's true. Oh, I think it's understated. Everything with Golden State is understated. They're trying to get. Uh, Draymond Green, defensive player of the year, because he's not going to score as many points, so he's going to be complaining. You can't just take a superstar and place him on a team and think everybody's going to be cool. This this team was the winningest team ever in basketball, and they 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 dropped six players off their team. That's just that's idiotic. That's dumb. And you had Andrew Bogut who wanted to continue play. He's really hurting and emotional and crying to himself. You know, like Australians do, I, I would assume. I don't know of any Australians, but he had that opportunity. I mean, he wanted to play with it, and they just they just gave up on him, man. You you cannot revamp a whole team like that and think everything is going to be okay. Well, with that, we're going to start to wind this one down. I want to, uh, before I, I want to sort of break this to both of you guys, uh, that we will be bringing back the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. Now, that's not a part of this, this segment tonight, but, yes, it's coming back. And for those of you, who, I'm waiting with bated breath. I, I, well, I want Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox, to say his favorite line from a a African American. Well, he doesn't have to be African for, for a, a '70s sitcom. What's your favorite line that you always say? I want my daddy's record. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, why is biscuit looking like that? And you don't remember? I'm on my daddy's record, Biscuit. Hey, don't, yeah, turn, yeah. We pull it over, don't turn uh, it. Yeah. Okay, y'all are way too old for me. I nobody need... nobody has any quotes that they remember from Family Matters other than I did I do that. There's some iconic quotes from the midnight. I mean, you got classics. Okay, oh, uh, yes. give me one. I just gave me one. Okay, from a television show. From a television What's show? You, oh, you going to go Family Matters? Oh, you Saved by the Bell? No, nah, that's nah, us. Nah, <laughs> yeah, that's our era. Nah, I don't know eight is enough. I don't know eight is enough. Nah, that's too see that, that's old man. That's old man. Uh, what are, I don't even know some of the shows. What are some of the shows from uh, Family Matters? I mean, you Stay had the show. You had Seinfeld. No, I mean I ain't acting like that. But I'm saying I'm not. I'm I'm 35 about, years old, man. I ain't that old. I'm. I'm what about the you, no you, no African American shows that you can quote? I can, I, single? I, I can come up with... I Living can, single was, hold on. changed my life. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Regime, right? Look, Kevin, I want to get you... Kevin, hold on. This this is what I... I can do some things, and this is this is a lesson for Biscuit. I, I can say some quotes, and he, he can... He, he'll know just what I'm saying. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. What's that from? Savannah Jones, man. Oh, man. He goes deep into the well, man. You can't. You, nobody can follow okay, you. Okay, okay. You always give me the blues. So you you giving me these seventy and eighty shows, right? Right. You always say I I, I was in class with Jesse Owens. <laughs> right. Go back then, man. <laughs> Go back then. I don't. Okay. I don't know. Uh, okay. But we will revive the people. But, but you know what? We will educate you. That is what the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment is for. 
to educate you. So and in so what about Dragonfly Jones, man? Old Otis, Jerome. Oh, Jerome, I know. <laughs> Jerome, I know. So, That's what I'm saying. Come on, man. But I say that to say that hey, want to thank you guys for listening to our first podcast. And uh, how did it go? How did it go, Biscuit? I think it went well. I'm, I mean, you know, we'll, taking the training wheels off. You know, uh, it was the first show. Kevin, your thoughts? Not bad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad this this crew is back together. Yes, man, the crew is man, back together. Now man, we just need you, another microphone. You look, you 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 got this guy. Where where'd you get him from? Man, I don't know. He's look. He you know he hadn't had a chance to talk sports in years. So from that standpoint, yeah, he he needed an opportunity. When, when I asked you, about, I said, "Where's Biscuit?" Yeah, that's well, it. Yeah, well, you, you know, Biscuit. He well, there's another a, side he's a to that coach now. You know, so. <laughs> Well, it's another side to that story, okay, but well, we won't. We'll do that. All. We win. We yeah, won't we'll go into that another, part yeah. of it. Uh, how can they reach you on Twitter? At Allen Allen Ron Ten. At Allen Allen Ron Ten. And of course, uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm at Wade's Word. W a d e s w. I'm at Wade's Word too. You need to. You need to get. I'm your, at Wade's Word. Just hit me up at Wade's Word. Scared of technology. I'm not scared of technology. Look, Biscuit has turned really weird in the time that he's been off the air. And it was, I'm not weird yes, because yes, you are very, I don't want everybody in my business. I don't want to say don't, you I'm don't, an emotional guy. So mm-hmm. I can I could be feeling angry, feeling some type of way, and put it out there and then it, my life is over. Well no. You you but you don't you don't not feel with hate. He needs two. That way he can have the, the public There you go. And the private. There you go. <laughs> uh, you need to have a public one. A no, public tw- a public no, Twitter. I'm good. I'm good. I love y'all. Just hit me up on Wade's word. <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group uh at Wade's Word on Twitter. And again on SoundCloud, we're working to get on TuneIn. And but you we're already on iTunes. So I hope everybody has a very happy Thanksgiving. Some great NFL games, some very good NFL games coming up on Thursday. We'll talk about those maybe later this week. We'll get another edition of the uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. want to thank you for listening and uh, hopping aboard the ground floor of this amazing journey that we are about to embark on. want to, uh, again, hey, happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon and have a great day.